from the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. Friday, November 17th, 2017, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's episode is brought to you by Operation Christmas Child. Hey, everyone, this is the week. It's time to pack an Operation Christmas Child shoebox. By packing a shoebox full of simple gifts, you can share the good news and joy of Christ with a child in need this Christmas season. Since 1993, Operation Christmas Child has delivered more than 146 million shoebox gifts to children in more than 160 countries and territories. And this year, Operation Christmas Child hopes to collect enough shoeboxes to reach another 12 million children. Hey, anyone can do this. Individuals, families, churches, students, groups. And during National Collection Week, which is going on right now, November 13th through 20th, shoeboxes will be collected at nearly 5,000 drop-off locations across the U.S. You can uh, visit SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC to find a drop-off location near you. You can also donate $9 online per shoebox and receive a follow-your-box tracking label to discover its destination. You should go do it. SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC. It's it's kicking off the holiday season, helping your family remember that it's about others, not about them. Uh, My son and I actually did it this past weekend, uh, Cohen. And it was very sweet. We went shopping and, you know, he picked out all the stuff for it, whatever. But then when we got back to the house, like I was reading, like, you know, make sure that we we're doing it right. And it was like, you need to add a note, add a note to the child who will receive it. And then a picture of yourself, you know? And so Cohen wanted to write the notes. And so he wrote, he wrote like, Hey, sup, Merry Christmas. Sup, you know, just kind of like right. kid, kid talk, whatever. Yeah. And then the last one, he, I could tell he was like thinking a little more about it. And then he didn't want me to see it. And I looked in the shoebox later and he wrote, a note, it's a Merry Christmas. And he opened it and it said, Jesus will help you in this tough life. Love, Cohen. Oh, man. Oh, wow. my gosh. Mill your heart. Yeah, he's like, no, kinda, I got to be tell you, Cohen was kind of writing to us, wasn't he? <laughs> Jesus will help you in this tough life. Jeez, Cohen. I'm like, good Lord, wow. he's eight. Anyway, I don't know if I can send that one, but, you know. I mean, put it up. <laughs> bring it into the studio. I don't know. I just, all the other ones were like fun and light and Merry Christmas. And then this one, it was like, he was really thinking about, you know, the, the kid needing, you know, having a tough life and That's Jesus great. will help him. All right. I oh, think yeah. it's sweet too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC. <laughs> well, like I said, I'm your host Cameron here with me in our Orlando studios, Eddie Big Cat Coffolds. Nathan, is it okay for me to talk now? I got some feedback. <laughs> Continue on. I got some feedback from New Chandler. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the feedback was to not do exactly what you're doing right now. Over there on the ones and twos. Over there on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, my brother Chandler Strang. Hello. Uh, not on the mic, Nathan, Chandler's boss, who is now uh, giving notes yes. to everybody. Oh, here, here's a little pre-show conversation about how to do your slice better. <laughs> Whatever, man. I'm a podcast professional. You don't know me. Move on. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And joining us from Long Beach, California, Propaganda. West, because I can't say West West anymore because I have to cut down my intro. Yeah, Nathan. All of a sudden, props talking too much. We just took the soul out of the show. Continue on. <laughs> we have a great show in store for you today. Speaking of West Coast, uh, pastor and author Chad Veach joins us on the show today. Yeah. Yay. And after that, we have a game 
All it says in my notes is rotten tomato, rotten tomato. That's all yeah, it says. And, and I, I got to give credit. Usually I am like the quiz master that writes these. I, I outsourced this one this week to our very own Tyler Huckabee, who supplied me with a fantastic game uh, that I'm really excited to play. But I told him, I told him, look, I'm hosting this thing, but uh, I'll give you credit. I'll give you the, I'll give you the, the proverbial, the hat tip. Thank you, friend. <laughs> and, and that way, if the game isn't funny, no one can blame me. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> For those of you who follow us on Twitter, you know, I mean, we record this on Wednesday, so we just yeah. tweeted out, like, hey, if you want to be on the game, and you guys have been sliding into our DMs all morning, Oh, and, uh, and a bunch of uh, listeners Ooh. are going to be on the show oh, today. That's my favorite. Yeah. I love meeting new people. Yeah. <laughs> I do. do. I, I like I mean, this. You're an introvert. You don't like meeting new people. No, 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 you don't no, like no, small talk. No, you don't like to meet a lot of new people at the same time. Right. One, right. At the 10 year thing, yeah. when everybody, that overwhelmed me. But one at yeah. a time on a Skype line, that's a lovely flow of new friendships. Really? Yes. Yeah, I can do one at a time. See, I don't like small talk. I, like, I don't like chit chat. No, I, yeah. I understand. But I also don't either, which is why we go deep pretty quickly. But I like, like, also with the podcast. Yeah, you make it uncomfortable. So many people. Yeah, I love, <laughs> see, that's the thing. I love chit chat. Like, chit chat's my thing. Like, I don't know that most conversations I have go beyond what some people would say chit chat. But I think chit chat is a, lot, a lost art. Like, yeah. it, like the, the, the rapport, the rat a tat. Like, that's the entertaining <laughs> part, you know? I throw something out there, they say something funny back, and all of a sudden we're in like a sitcom dialogue. That's a real art form. But, that if you but just that's skip not normal like chit chat with new people. <laughs> but that's, that's your oh, friend. No, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised once you try to bait someone into that. Oh, that kind of idle chit chat is just nothing. It's just noise pollution. It doesn't mean anything. I like real, like, well, let's get to something substantive. But with this show, so many people listen to it that it turns into like a nebulous nothing i like i like to have actual human beings that i can put out like i think of kiki yeah. sometimes you know like that's a real person yeah I, I'm, I'm a little i'm a little more in the larry david's you know seinfeldian yeah. camp you like, really are see i like making it uncomfortably awkward and deep um, immediately upon meeting new people yeah let's hear your sin journey well no no, no like okay so i uh a case in point and then, and then, and then you become like good friends yeah like because i i remember i was at the baggage claim in vancouver yeah by myself and uh, Shauna Nequist comes up and introduces herself. Love her. She's like, hey, n- hey, you know, I'm Shauna. Oh, yeah, nice to meet you. We were yeah. out there for the same trip. That's right. And uh, she goes, How's it, how are you doing? And I, first time I ever met her. Yeah. I go, I'm going through a divorce right now. And she goes, okay, so me that kind of weekend. Yeah. And we were Fast and Furious Off friends after go. that. There yeah. you go. You got to. Yeah, I met you the same way. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you came to a show and you're like, uh, my wife left today. I was like, oh, yeah, literally that day she moved out. It's a pretty fun. I literally I love you now. And what did I say? We are going to be best friends. As I was saying, like, let's just cut through all the chit chat and the rat a tat and let's get to the real deal and see. Let's expose. But that's the thing. The rat a tat is the real deal. Like, that's how I I, (laughs) not everything. Look, look, I I know what's going on in my real life. It's like it's not that it's not like I'm hiding these things away, but I like to have interesting, fun conversations about things that aren't things that I think about all day anyway, but, you know? But like when you get to the core of like just is a juxtaposition here, right? Like mm-hmm. getting to the core of you or prop like in there, there's like there's like deep stuff. There's yeah. like things to talk <laughs> so about. You're saying at, 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 so Jesse's, Jesse's core. Jesse's get, core. Oh, it's just like one of those. It's, like, it's one of those circus monkeys playing the cymbals. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. Like once you get deep down in it, that's all he's got. Hey, you know what? When I first got invited to be a part of this and I had to have a conversation with Jesse, I was yeah. actually like geared up for something just just to riff and just be real funny. And then he got on and he was like professional Jesse. 
And I was oh, like, yeah. it's so weird. Yeah. I don't. Well, when you listen to his sports show, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's sports show, show Jesse. Yeah. Like, uh, hey, I'm really so, trying. So, so what you're saying is we don't know the real Jesse. I see work Jesse. This is show Jesse. Like, and then, then there's sports Jesse. Who's the real Jesse? Ah, now this that's is the thing. That's the thing, man. It's a moving target. That's why, <laughs> that's why the rat-a-tat is so fun because you don't know what you're going to get. One minute, one minute, you're, you know, you're talking about a cool movie you saw. The other one, the, the next minute, you're talking about what animal tail would be cool to have. I'm exploring. Okay, you guys are, the problem is like, okay, you might quote unquote know someone, but you're you're exploring, like if you had a mind, if you had a map of their mind, you guys are like in one little quadrant, okay? okay? Uh I'm going the full spectrum. I'm throwing thought experiments. We're talking sports. We're talking movies. You know, I might throw something deep in there. I don't, probably not, but I might. I'm trying to get the whole person, not just, you know, their quote unquote emotional core. I'd like to share a story about Jesse because you're talking about the first time you meet people yeah. like Jesse and I for I don't know what nine months had been on the show together yeah never met in person and so we both get like a version was of each this other the, was this the one where you saw him and you were taking it back at how tall he was right well okay. there's always that every okay. time I see him yeah so tall so handsome mm-hmm. but like in real life I'm a little quieter I'm not as like yeah that's true punchy edgy right uh, in real life, I'm expect I'm always wondering what to expect from Jesse, and so we met, and we're getting food and a line together. And for 15 minutes, he talked about YouTube videos he'd seen, and I realized, <laughs> oh, oh, I see, that's the real guy. Uh, <laughs> first time you met, you're talking about YouTube videos. That's the first time we met. He talked about well, the YouTube you and my videos. Eight-year-old would have a lot in common. Oh. So. Yeah. Well, hey, hey, like I said, I know, I but I that I know Eddie in a way that no other person does. You know, thanks to conversations like that. <laughs> I'm not afraid to say it. <laughs> right, the rat a tad. Oh man, it's the, uh, well. it's, it's, it's the it's the lost art, man. Like uh, if we're in this we're in this area where people are doing you know enneagrams and ijfins or whatever, you know, <laughs> they're, they're yeah. getting numbers and acronyms <laughs> yeah. and they're really self self analyzing. There's nothing wrong with that. It's got its place. Sometimes I just want to know what the deal is with Velcro and why more clothes don't have aren't more aren't Velcro based. And I want to get your take on it. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh-huh. Excuse me. They're more convenient than buttons and it makes no sense they're not on everything like no one's having those conversations they've been ignored for the heavy stuff right yeah. I mean like you give ourselves a break here yeah. let's talk about something they, they, they get, you, get the gears turning at a different speed that's all I'm saying Eddie well, that's all I'm saying quote, I don't apologize yeah, for to that to quote Father Cohen I am sorry for your hard life Jesse <laughs> no Jesus will help you in your hard life yeah, Jesse yeah, I've actually no. quoted that about three or four times this week it's since actually he wrote a really that. crushingly Cohen sweet best line ever Jesus will help you in this tough life Oh, it really, really is like, and I found out later the reason why he didn't want me to see it, right? He was a little embarrassed. It wasn't the sentiment. It was just, he was got insecure. He he didn't think he spelled tough, right? Yeah, I get that. It's, it's a tough word. Yeah. There's no place for that. Yeah. Right. There's just no reason. He threw the GH in there, but there was also an F, and he just knew it one right, and he didn't want me to see yeah, it. Yeah, I understand you know. that. Well, Dad, Daddy owns a magazine. He's pretty critical of <laughs> that stuff. But, 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 but here's the thing, Cameron. If you were more open to these type of conversations that I'm having, yeah. the the what's the deal with the GH thing, that yeah. happens early on when you get these <laughs> and you start thinking about stuff, and, and, you allow, and you stop thinking about like all all the world's problems and you know what's going on in quote-unquote real life, and you're like, dude, yeah. that GH thing makes no sense. What kind of sociopath? made the spelling of tough that's going to trip up kids. If you had that level of relationship, this would have come up long ago. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. All right. It's uh, time for our look back at what happened this week in culture and entertainment. It's time for In Case You Missed It. 
Hey, in case you missed it, this week, uh, Jimmy Fallon delivered a really moving tribute to his mom, who passed away earlier this month. Uh, on Monday night, the Tonight Show host returned to the show for the first time since his mother, Gloria, passed away on November 4th. In a short but moving tribute to her, he reminded audiences of why he does comedy for a living. Here's a clip. Hey guys, uh, as some of you know, my mother, Gloria, uh, passed away recently, and I canceled our shows last week to be with my family and make arrangements. She was the best audience. She was the one I was always trying to make laugh, and she was such a fan of the show and everything I, I did. Um, when we were little, my mom would walk us to the store, me and my sister, and she, we would hold hands, you know, and she would squeeze my hand three times and say, I love you. And I would squeeze back, I love you too. And last week I was in the hospital at her side and I grabbed her hand and I squeezed, I love you. And I just knew we were in trouble, you know. But uh, I feel so grateful to be able to do this every single night and I'm very appreciative of all the support from all of you that my family received over the past week. We're gonna continue to work really hard to bring some light and some laughter into the world. Thank you for watching. Thank you for helping me and my family recover from this loss. Mom, I'll never stop trying to make you laugh. I love you. Love More you. Very sweet. It was actually, I, I was um, a little moved by it, but also like um, his response to, I guess Taylor Swift came on and surprised him and sang this is like a New Year's Eve is the name of the song. And I guess maybe it was the original line or she put in a line that had some connection to his mom. And like, it was very sweet because she like finishes the song and you expect Jimmy to just come out and be like Taylor Swift and show the record. And she turns around and you can just, her whole vibe changes and you can tell like she sees him weeping and she like runs over to him, holds on to him. And you can hear off mic him saying like, like crying saying like that meant a lot thank you and but he's like looking away from the camera and he takes like a big breath in and turns to the camera and then does this thing so like he was trying to hide it but you could just tell he was really moved it was very uh it's, it's got to feel weird to emote like that in front of everyone and jesse i gotta imagine it that's what i usually do when i meet people for the first time yeah they're like yeah. let yeah. me let me tell you about the most significant death of my life <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it is there is something that's it is like moving to see someone who does who who is like trying not to cry. Maybe it like isn't doesn't show that side of themselves, especially on TV. And it happens a lot with yeah. these late night hosts lately. But it's like it's very oh humanizing. Yeah. I, I don't know how to react. I get I get I get a little physically uncomfortable. But I you know I think it's you don't know how to react. Back. You just don't know how to react to somebody having genuine emotion. Just, just cry if you feel cry. If you feel tears, it's okay. And to if have you tears. don't feel tears, don't don't do anything. It's like the Seinfeld thing. It's like I touch my cheek and I'm like, what is this salty discharge yeah. coming out of my eyes? <laughs> He is. He's just like a caveman. <laughs> what mean cry? I no feel. Hey, in case you missed it this week, pop star Tori Kelly recorded an incredible cover of Hillsong United's So Will I, 100 Billion yes, X. Uh, the Grammy-nominated artist teamed up with the Bible app version to create a special worship Bible study plan. And as part of the video series, she recorded her own version of the worship anthem. Here's a clip. If the wind goes away, you send it, so will I. So will I If the sum of all our praises still fall shy Then we'll sing again a hundred billion times I liked the idea that she was partnering with version, but they were also like the musicians. So it was all like the version engineers were also playing the, mu the, the instruments on it. 
that's what the partnership looked like. Does anybody understand what I'm saying right that now? A, that was a, that yes. was a real thing. A swing and a miss, Eddie. Strike hey, one. Hey, I, I'd like you to keep it in. I don't care if it wasn't I, funny. I, uh, all, I visited, they can't all be winners. I was uh, at church once in LA, and they did that whole, you know, two minutes, turn around, meet, meet the people around you, and Tori Kelly was sitting next to me. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Like, I know who this you is. You ever played with the U version band? He should have asked her that. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I hear those U version engineers are some <laughs> yeah. wicked awesome See, musicians. We're starting to, it's starting yeah. to get steamy. You understand yeah. what I was saying? Yeah, I got you. No, yeah. I got it. I, I No, I got it. I just wasn't funny. Just, yeah. yeah I just no, said, she is lie. genuinely a wonderful human being. Yeah, I, I picked that up. Like, just yeah. totally sincere and just like loves the Lord and what was happens your opener? to be yeah. a she massive she pop star. Like, she's so nice, she would have given Eddie a courtesy laugh there. Yeah. What was your opener <laughs> with her? Hi. <laughs> Hello. I mean, what do you do during the shake your hand moments? You just well, say, I, I know what I do. Did, like, did, say did, did you say hi? Let me tell you about the most significant right. death in my life. Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> right, right. That's right. <laughs> Let me make you very uncomfortable. Or when's the last time you had a piece of clothing with Velcro? Why is that a thing? You know, I mean, yeah. I probably would. I'm not going to talk like to a girl about her clothing. That's the first time I meet her. Uh, well, unless she got, has a Velcro shoes on and then you've got a civic duty. Yeah, that's hey, true. Hey, hey, ask, ask the next girl <laughs> you, you meet if you would rather introduce yourself and talk about Velcro or <laughs> someone's mom who died and see what they tell you because I have a feeling they're not going to go with the mom death. Uh, this is, again, why we need a female on the show. <laughs> this All is, right, this is a real wild start to things. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, in case you missed it, Uber released a new look at its prototype flying cars this week. This is so If you call rad. an Uber and LA in 2020, 2020, there's a chance your car could be taking flight. The company announced today that LA would join Dallas and Dubai as major cities that are currently working with the ride sharing company for a project they're calling Uber Air. Their engineers are also working with NASA to create a new kind of traffic control system to manage the low flying aircraft, which might even be autonomous like Jetson style uh, yeah. because the small aircraft will be able to avoid traffic jams and take more direct routes uh, or routes. Their goal is to dramatically cut down on travel time that using this service will eventually be cheaper than owning a car in some major cities. So it's a cool idea. You think it's going to happen? Yeah, of course. You it's think- inevitable. I know, but, but it's 2020 been, is soon. But it's been inevitable since the Jetsons. Yeah, but, been but it's for just it. been an issue of the, the things like they need the traffic control systems and they need to have like massive you know systems worked out. There needs to be the, the reliability of the autonomy and the technology needs to be affordable enough. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and we're getting there, finally. We're getting that critical mass yeah. of all of it's coming together because tech and costs are all aligning. Prop, you seemed yeah, well, excited about it. I'm totally excited yeah. about it because one... I make the drive to LAX all the time. And I think about the fact that like, it's literally a diagonal from my house. It could probably take me 10 minutes. This is ridiculous. But um, I think what the Jetsons didn't calculate for, like in the Jetsons and Back to the Future Part 2, which is what I think about when I see these things, those were like personal vehicles, you know, which meant that every human has to learn how to fly. What this does is says... Yeah, I don't have to have a pilot's license. I can hail it. And I'm like, that was the that was the missing piece to me was that okay, now it's autonomous, so that means I don't have to learn how to fly. So I'm like, oh, this is Oh, this is perfect. Well, you, the, 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 I don't know if you guys watched the video demo that they released with this. It was like a CGI demo. The only awkward thing is the inside of these, uh, of kind of their mock-up, the early version of these aircraft. They have like a circular seating arrangement. It's not like everyone's facing forward like an airplane. It's like you're sitting on a circular couch and everyone has a window. But really, I mean, the reason that I think that's awkward is you're just sitting there staring at people the whole flight. Like, if you're sitting forward, you're just looking straight ahead at an 
another person. Like, that's oh, why, that's cool. why I never understood old timey train travel where you would get in a little berth like with but, strangers and like you're staring at them. But I don't understand, Jesse. Isn't that your dream? Don't you just sit down on the plane and go like, rat a tat? Yeah, like, why isn't it T O U F? Dude, it's a captive audience. It, it is a captive audience, but the thing on an airplane is like, you're both like, you can choose to look away because inevitably, inevitably, when, you, when you're a master rat a tat like I am, sometimes you just stump people. Sometimes people just can't keep up. And that's when you kind of take a deep breath and you pull out the magazine or, you know, you pull out your, or, you, you know, you're both looking ahead and you just kind of, you got to observe the natural pauses. If that happens and I'm looking straight at somebody, we're just locked eyes and it's not going to break until I break into another rat a tat. It, it's a design Don't flaw. you think you'll be looking out the window? You will be flying in an autonomous vehicle. Like I would be watching where we're going. Yeah. Bro, headphones and hoodies. It's easy. Yes. Right, you put your headphones in, pull your hood up. Yep. Right, I just right. think it's a design. I just don't think you should be staring face to face with someone. That's all. That's all. I mean, you don't know how long that flight's going to be, you know? All right. Hey, in case you missed it, Amazon is making a Lord of the Rings prequel television series. The streaming content uh, provider has announced a multi-season commitment to explore new storylines preceding J.R.R. Tolkien's uh, The Fellowship of the Ring. However, uh, considering uh, they've already made it nearly eight hours of movies based on The Hobbit, it's not totally clear what the source material will be. The deal is massive. Amazon paid $250 million for the right, which doesn't include $1 of production budget or marketing or whatever. They will be half wow. a, more than half a billion dollars in before one minute <laughs> of footage is aired. Um, uh, the deal doesn't cover uh, the Silmarillion, a collection of Middle Earth stories published after Tolkien's death, but it's, it's the Lord of the Rings. Fellowship yeah, of the but Ring, but, but the thing, the, what's so weird about this is like, <laughs> there's nothing more to explore. There's like 20 hours of these <laughs> movies that are true. out there. I've I'm, I'm never read them. I don't know. But when I was hearing the coverage of this, they were talking about how much backstory there is to explore before the first book hits. I mean, there, there's so many side stories. Like, like it's the Star Wars universe. It's like infinite. Well, will they make up new stuff that doesn't like that. Would, the, well, that that's the thing. They, they're going to have to, oh. they, they, there are backstories, to, but they're not it. written. You right. know, they're that's not, right. they're, 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 there's no source material for this. There's right. just the idea, fan, you know, fan fiction. It's fan fiction. Right. Oh, yeah. I would love it to be actually made of fan fiction. Just like, have you ever read any like fan fiction? The only fan fiction I've read is uh, mm-hmm. Minecraft fan fiction that Cohen got, bought at Barnes and Noble. We read as a bedtime story. Oh no! <laughs> Mine, the Minecraft it, it, it's nerd level deep, okay. but you know, hey, he likes it. So. People make up Twitter like handles to be characters of shows, and my brother was showing me like there's all the uh, not Lord of the Rings. What's the one on HBO? That everybody. Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. Yeah. Game of They're Thrones. all Game of Thrones characters talking to each other via Twitter as the character. And it gets like super weird. We spent like an hour just reading through all yeah. of their conversations. Anyhow, I think they should just make the Amazon show off that. Just those <laughs> all terrible, that. weird, like, take my hand, my lady. Oh, yes, I'd yeah. go with you anywhere. And they're, they're like, oh. you know, we spent a quarter billion dollars on the rights for this. Let's make sure we do it right. Nah, let's take a risk and do these funny tweets. That's a This will get a return on that. I mean, I, I just greenlighted that idea. So I think it's wonderful. I mean, what's interesting about this is Amazon, you know, obviously there's streaming wars, not only with Netflix and uh, Disney has a major entry coming in yeah. 2019. They're spending huge dollars and they obviously yeah. own Star Wars and Marvel and they're developing new shows for those. Um, and, and so we're going to have to, so you have to now get the Disney streaming service. Right. And now, you know, yeah. uh, Hulu obviously yeah. is trying to double down on, you know, broadcast television content and stuff like that. Well, Amazon has been the forgotten player in all this. And so what I heard, what, what I was reading this week was like this major, major financial commitment that they're making is to make them like prestige and premium as well. They've been right. kind of like 
kind of dabbling, you know? Right. And even though they got some critical yeah, acclaim. Yeah, because I feel like the way they were doing it, the way they're doing it is just a bad model. It's like, hey, you want to watch an episode? Five bucks. I'm like, no. Well, you know, Prime members get <laughs> yeah. it for free. Yeah, and but, they did some good stuff, like Transparent. Was, right. It was critically acclaimed, but right. like nobody nobody thinks about Amazon when they're right. thinking about the streaming True. services, right. you know? Yeah. And then this is them making a major play. It's going to disrupt. It's just interesting to see how this is all going to shake out. Yeah, it is the end of network it, television. Hey, Amazon was the, uh, that was the um, the one where like if if Germany won World War II, right? That was uh, one of their... Uh, yeah, um, yeah, High Castle. Yeah, High Castle. That was one of their... And they did Manchester by the Sea. That, they've, they've spent a lot of money. They just haven't had any success. Right, they haven't had well, their, yeah, and that, sorry for the reference, but their House of Cards moment right, where it right. breaks or, the network. Yeah, or their Stranger Things or their, yeah, they haven't had any breakout mass totally. successes. Yeah. But, yeah. but, but at what point, because you've bring up a good point with this camera what at what point Thank do you. the streaming services mm-hmm. run into the same issue that cable providers are trying to solve right now which is most people are paying for a lot more content than they actually want or need right so like I yeah. enjoy having Netflix. I enjoy having Hulu, HBO Go, all of, but the, the, I watch a very small percentage of the content. At what point are you, does it get so, um, you, the bills get so specific, right? That it gets so impractical to have 15 different streaming services that are putting out content where I am just subscribing on a series base. Yeah. Like at what point do we get to that model where I get to pick, I like you know, yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, the, the other thing too is just the financial industry. I mean, so you look at like broadcast television and cable, you know, the financial burden of the production costs are borne by the advertisers. Yeah. We have to sit through commercials. And so therefore yeah. we could watch ABC for free if we wanted to, mm-hmm. or cable you're paying for, you know, I don't know what, why we're paying, but uh, with these streaming <laughs> services, there's no commercials. I mean, Hulu has it, but I mean, yeah. there's no commercials. And so the entirety of the costs are on us or the consumer. So while streaming, oh, it's only 10 bucks instead of cable being whatever, it's w- essentially Netflix is one channel yeah. moving forward Yeah, because all the channels are going to not be licensing their shows to Netflix because no. they're going to have their own yeah. plays like right. Disney pulling out. Yep. And so all of a sudden we're going to be where we have to pay for every channel 10, 15 bucks a month and we're going to long for the days of cable, you know, like back when it was only, yeah. you know, 50 or $70 for 150 channels. And now all of a sudden, Dang. you know, it's like, like this road that we're going down is, but they're going to have to figure out the pricing model. Like this was the cell phone industry years ago, right? Where they were just able to charge whatever and people were going to do it. And now they're realizing, okay, we're, we're going to have to go cheaper and cheaper because people will go to like, you know, yeah, cricket or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, 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 honestly, one of the big factors in that pricing long term is probably going to be what happens with net neutrality, because it, it, there, there are factors at play other than just the business model, and that is how the federal government will choose to, uh, you know, uh, how much power they give to actually the broadband internet providers, even though they're not providing any of the content, right? Yeah. Like they're just providing wires that go into your house. And, but they, depending on your uh, personal bandwidth usage and what sites you visit, they may be able to try to get a piece of the pie too, because all the content is being delivered via the internet. And so there's a, there's a person between you and the content and they might want a chunk of the pie too. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we're experiencing that at home. Like we canceled our cable and just kept the internet. (laughs) And it's been like, it's been like that for six, seven, eight months. And at least three times a month 
they call me to try to get their their cable again. They call me to try to get their uh, or their streaming television service. And I'm like, I already stream my television. I stream it through my Roku, my Apple TV. Like, well, you know, we got this 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 streaming app that you could get. You could get all your cable channels. I'm like, guys, I don't listen to me. I'm gonna say it slower. Right. Canceled the cable. You know. But I think I think you're right. Like that internet service. Who knows? I can't watch anything unless I have their network, their internet is like going to be like, well, if we're making this possible for everybody else, why don't we get a chunk of that? You're absolutely right. Nathan, would you like to give us feedback on this segment now? Was it okay and improving of your ridiculous standards? Or was it like, how just generally, if you want to do the notes real time, real time. All right. Well, listen, that'll do it for Sorry, in buddy. case you missed it. <laughs> this is what you get. I mean, this is part of it. Stay tuned. I'm next. I'm America's sweetheart, but I'm also a terrible person. So <laughs> <Okay>. next <laughs> slices. I Listening to Fife, the song is Belong, it's featuring Kimbra. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Phoenix with J Boy. Well, this week's uh, Slices segment is brought to you by Blue Apron. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. Ooh, talk, talk about it slowly because I'm a little bit hungry and I like I like this part of the show. Jesse? <laughs> because Blue Apron ships the exact amount of each ingredient required for recipe, they are reducing food waste. And uh, you can choose from a variety of new recipes each week or let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you. Recipes are not repeated within a year, so you'll never get bored. They won't surprise you in person. They'll just surprise you with food. They'll like jump out at you. The hey. box is like on your front. Hey, staff. we're the culinary team. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> here's what. When I started getting Blue Apron, what surprised me was like I'm so used to like prepackaged all the prepackaged food I buy. Like I was pulling out actual vegetables. Like, oh, this is like a cool. I don't even know what kind of vegetable this is. I and they have these like colorful cards that come with it that tell you that break down all the ingredients. Oh, this is what a squash looks like if it's not frozen and I put it in a microwave. Yeah. Like we. <laughs> When, when they talk about fresh ingredients, literally actual produce right. comes into the in the box. And I'm a, I'm a person that's intimidated by meals that have more than like two ingredients: milk and cereal, or you know, <laughs> cheese and cheese and deli bread. meat or something. Yeah. Yeah. Hot pocket and microwave. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, hot dog and bun. But you know, these come with a lot of ingredients. <laughs> but it's actually pretty easy. They lay it all out there. I would say this, even. All of our all of our listeners, I would assume, are literate. But even if you didn't and you were just looking at the pictures, you could figure it out. They make it pretty easy for anyone. You can check out this week's menu and get $30 off your first order with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash relevant. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash relevant. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Okay, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, I got one that I guess is a little controversial, but uh, you know, despite your political opinion, it's I feel like interesting and newsworthy. Uh, the game Cards Against Humanity has found another way to get themselves into the press. Uh, if you've ever played uh, Cards Against U- Humanity, then you know that their slogan lives up to the premise of the game. It's a party game for horrible people, where essentially they they you know you you get cards that end up saying either inappropriate or ridiculous or offensive. 
creative or funny things when you combine them. Uh, they've previously done campaigns this type of year uh, that have mocked consumerism of like Black Friday. Um, like they set up a website where the more money you give, the longer they will have a bulldozer dig a giant hole with no purpose. <laughs> then they would keep the hole digging as long as you would just randomly give them money. Yeah. They're essentially good at finding ways to troll current uh, events and ideas in, in, in an effort to get their name in the press. So they recently um, took a cue from a lot of the political uh, controversies and divisiveness and launched their Cards Against Humanity Save America campaign. Oh. Uh, and they are asking people to give uh, $15. And for the next month, along with getting some sort of surprise from Cards Against Humanity, they'll unveil the next portion of their plan to save what they say will save America. So people started donating the $15. All the surprise packs sold out. And then they unveiled what they did with uh, the first portion of the money. This is a quote from uh, their first uh, uh, thing to save America. We have purchased a we have purchased a lot of vacant land on the border of the United States and Mexico and retained a law firm specializing in eminent domain to make it time consuming and expensive as possible to have the border wall be completed. So essentially what they did is they bought a huge chunk of land on the United States Mexico border. <laughs> So that the the wall wow. that the uh, portions of the federal government are trying to build will have a huge gap in it. I I and believe that, them that they did that. <laughs> that's but crazy. Eminent domain. They can just take it. Oh yeah, I used to listen well, to Neil. That, that's why they've also retained eminent uh, eminent domain lawyers. lawyers. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that they can't. I mean, they'll fight. But you I mean, like, you don't know these lawyers, Cameron. Oh, they're intense. They're very intense. Well, that's it. That's the thing about eminent domain. Like, it is possible to fight. Like, they they'll probably end up losing. Uh, you know, because as the imminent in imminent domain insinuates, <laughs> uh, it's only a matter of time before the government, like if they want to take down your house and put up a, a, a highway or something, yeah, they can probably oh do it. Gosh. But you also see those stories. Although there is sometimes that they, they lose the city or whatever will lose because exactly. that happened here in Orlando. The, they were building uh, a new soccer stadium downtown and the city had bought up all the land and oh, they were trying to do it to fair market and everything. And then there was this one seller who was yeah. trying to extort the city. Yeah. And so the city got into this public thing with the seller and was threatening imminent domain because this was a public works facility and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, it was a church. And the church, the fair market value for the land was $1.5 million, the land in the building. Yeah. They offered the church four and a half million dollars. The church said they wanted thirty million dollars. Yikes! And and so uh, after back and forth, all this public contention, they were threatening imminent domain. The city just moved the stadium down a block, and so there's this huge stadium and uh, like lording over this it, little tiny church that stood its it ground. Literally, like the first time you glance at it, you think it's like a maintenance facility, and yeah. you're like, oh, that's someone's <laughs> church. The other thing though with that church that is crazy to me is it's like. How are you guys like, okay, they've lost the battle. Yeah. Why are they not selling parking spots? Yeah. Like all their parking and yeah. Make money hot dogs. Yeah. Like you could be making so much money, yeah. but they yeah. just do They're, nothing. But they got greedy with the sale price. And then the city was like, nah, because mm, yeah, even eminent domain, you have to pay. I mean, like they would, they can't, they just, can't take just take it. it. They would yeah. give you yeah. a fair market price and they were just trying to negotiate the fair market price yeah. with the church and the church was being unreasonable. Yeah. Or three times the fair market, fair market yeah, they price. Did. They, they offered still, three times it and, and the they still church said, said no. 
20 times wow. fair market. Yikes. Well, th- th- that's the one thing about Cards Against Humanity is no matter what happens with the, the border wall and image domain, they're not going to lose money on it because nope. the government's going to end up, e- even them. if they take it, they're going to have to pay them for it. Yeah, that's right. Um, but it is, uh, you know... It's got a little publicity <laughs> stunt, though. It's yeah. funny. Clever. Yeah, yeah. We're it's funny. man. Yeah. It, it is funny, Make and they are masters the at, the, at the same time. <laughs> right, right. They, they are masters of trolling. Like they, they, they have mastered this art, and, and in a way that, like, they're making in this one, they're making more of a political statement. But it's something that, like, only um, like a group of like devious minds in a room would be like, "Hey, we can stop with the border wall by buying one vacant lot and getting a lot of attention for it." It's a brilliant marketing idea, no matter what you think of the politics of it. Yep. Brilliant. What does everyone think of the politics? Let's just go around the room. <laughs> uh, yes or no? On That's the wall. a red couch podcast question. <laughs> yeah, <that's Yeah>. right. <laughs> All right. What do you have? Prop? Well, I have a, a sort of a cross section of, of two things I really love. One is uh, the Lakers and Kobe Bryant. And then the other is uh, chicken nuggets. Oh, I, see, I see. I see the connection yeah. immediately. <laughs> you already see it. <laughs> so there was a young man out in Atlanta had to be Atlanta because no one else would do this. <laughs> Name uh, Robbie Kaland, who decided he was going to outdo Kobe Bryant in eating chicken nuggets. And what he means by that is saying he's going to his goal tonight is to eat 82 nugs, which is one over Kobe's. Right. Kobe's um, high score so, a game, right? 81. Yeah, his highest scoring game was 81. So he's like, I'm going to get 82 nuggets. Granted, that's definitely not the same thing. Um, one is a specimen. <laughs> I, I would of- argue. I, and not to interrupt, but I would argue that eating 81 chicken yeah. nuggets is more difficult than scoring 81 points in an NBA yeah. game. Both pretty impressive, though. Both yeah, impressive. I guess they are both feats of human, um, the power of the human body, I guess. Like, um, like one of them, one of them, I would stop and watch on a highlight. One of them, I'm like downright impressed that that guy's alive still. Like one, like yeah. if it came out tomorrow that like, um, you know, let's say, let's say KD got really hot and scored 81 points. I'm like, wow, do you guys hear about that? I probably wouldn't think about it after that. I'm going to think about this guy for every time I eat nuggets. I'm going to be like 82. I just ate six and I don't think I could eat. I don't think I need two more. I mean, the humans, the human stomach is the size of your clenched fist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it can stretch obviously, but, but I mean, but to 82 nuggets, nuggets, that's a garbage bag. Yeah. Yeah. So he says he live tweeted it, which is great because I feel like the live tweet, it's not Periscope or live videos or anything like that, which kind of to me is awesome, but it kind of takes the fun out of like waiting for the next tweet, you know, and like kind of getting involved in the conversation because the guy's doing it. So he said, he said first, like he ate lunch at 1030 in order to be best prepared for the five to 7 PM uh, limit. I feel strong and feel good. So in Atlanta, you can order all you can eat nuggets, right? Somebody was like, why don't you just order a platter? He's like, that's ridiculous. All you can eat nuggets are $12.99. If I just go there, Brilliant. give them the box, give them, you give them the box, they refill it, right? So he's posting pictures every time he gets, he's counting down 12, 24, right? And then um, he's like 18 because they're boxes of six, right? And then one time he was like, hey, I'm not cheating. He shows a picture. There's seven of them in there, right? And fools are cheering him on, throwing in things. He's showing all the empty boxes. And uh, and he said, my favorite is like, when he goes, 42, slowing down, but still feeling all right. The meat sweats have arrived. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, what so, is his body going through? I mean, what kind of night terrors does he have that do night when have, he goes to bed? Do they have doctors and stuff? That's like yes. not yeah, good. It is, it's, a, it's an almost lethal amount of poultry, is what you're saying. Hey, I mean, you if could, we can call chicken nuggets poultry. Right. It's right on the edge, I believe, of what a human could possibly endure. Right? I, but I, you I know, the other thing is I love when people blatantly abuse uh um, promotions <laughs> that like are, are meant for yeah that that are actually kind of cool like when when Seven Eleven will have like bring your own cup for yeah, and, and fill yeah. it up for a Slurpee for like five bucks or whatever and people think, are like bringing like you know, 10, 20 gallon paint yeah, buckets that like are painted like a solo in. cup yeah. yeah like someone will bring in a, a kiddie pool oh, but, uh, yeah. so prop what happened what happened kiddie pool so he's like he says he's getting interviewed by kids kids are walking up you know he's sipping things and then. He says, he just hit 58. This is my favorite. I'm the real king of this here nugget game, LeBron James. Um, So he's just throwing shade. And then he's like, 61, no asterisk necessary. 63, and I have slowed tremendously. (laughs) 67. And then he's 69. Then he said, that's his nicest nugget. Oh, whack, whack. Um, And then he hits it, 82. Wow. And it was at that point that Cohen Cohen walks up up and hands him a note. And then it says, Jesus will help you in this tough life. <laughs> yeah. very what, you're about, what you're about to endure, you will need great strength for. Yeah. You oh my goodness. Put 82, 82 chicken nuggets in your body. But why is he, he why is he trying to like call out professional basketball players? As well, though? it turns out the guy was a sports writer. Oh. So that's his like essentially his uh his paradigm for life is is sports references and uh i get it but if you still love sports you're like well what can i do i can eat more nuggets than these suckers you know what i'm saying <laughs> i think that's and and, and, yeah. and for under 13 dollars, which is the really impressive yes. part <laughs> yeah how much did kobe spend with his trainer oh, yeah. to be able to score 81 points in a game yeah and now they both yeah, have the true. same level of fame and prestige yeah <laughs> kobe has a handful of mvps gold medals and nba championships yeah. but he will never have eaten 82 nuggets in one sitting yeah so. he lives, lives overlooked Look in the Pacific Ocean in the most beautiful stretch of land on PCH in Orange County. But this guy, but this guy has adult onset diabetes. So <laughs> yeah, this, instant diabetes. Has, so yeah. Very rare. Instant sweats instant diabetes. to diabetes. What, what was his first name again? Probably? His name's Robbie Kaland. Yeah. Well, rest in peace, Robbie. We, I just, I just, I just ordered my Kaland uh, uh, jersey. Um, <laughs> I put 82 <laughs> is the number. Nice. Yeah, you can do custom ones on the NBA.com. That would be you a just pretty that funny custom Lakers. Atlanta, no, uh, uh, jersey for the Nuggets? Yeah. Oh. It, do a Hawks Ooh. jersey, 82, Kaland. Chandler, you do one joke a year. Jersey for the Nuggets. But, yeah, but yeah, it was really well done joke, Chandler. Oh, a Denver jersey, Kaland, well, 82. NBA.com, everybody. Go do it right now. Really well done. Thank Thank you. I'm yeah. proud of you, man. Thanks. <laughs> You've been Chandler. He, he finally got one. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you have, Eddie? In a really strange kind of uh, moment of unity, Jesse brings a marketing story. Story. Yeah. Prop brings a chicken story, yeah. and I've got one that combines them both. Uh, a man <laughs> named Mike Edget. Mike Edget uh, tweeted last week what he he called what Mike called a genius discovery. He found out that Kentucky Fried Chicken, and this is a short little slice, slice. Kentucky Fried Chicken on their Twitter account follows eleven people. Yeah, the eleven people are five Spice Girls and six guys named Herb. Right. Herb. 
herb. That is brilliant. Ele- eleven herbs and spices. Right. Great joke. Brilliant. Great. It's amazing. So he t- he yeah. tweets out, but uh, no one had discovered it. It no was just sitting there, it. out there, just sitting there, an undiscovered punchline. KFC, yeah. one of the great current marketers, just really crazy in the stuff that not crazy in what they do, but just like really cutting edge comedy. And yeah. Just strange at times, and especially considering that their food is so terrible. Like yeah. the only Awful. thing keeping them afloat is these marketing campaigns. Because hey, I made the mistake it, of getting. On, I haven't had KFC in years. And I'm not talking about the weird things where they do like they took the buns off the sandwiches yeah. and they do fried chicken and all that. I'm talking I'm, about just a good old bucket of KFC. Ex- listen, it's not good. I vaguely remember the extra crispy uh, being very good. Dude, no, hey, no, no, try no, it's not taken from the one black guy on here. All right, okay, I'm gonna walk into this one. <laughs> all right, I'm not if saying it's talking, the best chicken, but. Like it's, no, it's it barely is edible. crunchy water. It is barely edible. That tastes like mm. chemicals. Oh, no, that's not good. Mm. Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> okay, Listen, okay. There is there is a there is a rule here of how you rate your fast food chicken. Okay. Number one is always Popeyes. Yeah, my, number yeah. two. Growing yeah. up, yes. My, growing up, my mom would always pick up Popeyes. Never been. Spicy. Yeah, it's Popeyes. Popeyes. Yeah. Spicy and then number two is, is what I grew up on. I never had KFC. I've never been to Popeyes. It would be fun Oof. to go to someday. Yeah, Popeyes. Is, You're a vegan. The thing. Yeah, but I mean, like, if Prop and I were going to go somewhere, I'd I'd go. You, you I'd, would lay it down for I a day. I would not do that to you, bro. Like those guys are vegan. Hey, you want to go get some Popeyes? Yeah. Oh, so you'd respect me. That's nice of you. Yes. <laughs> I, I had Bojangles once and I got a headache almost instantly. Like a very weird headache. I, I, I almost felt like I was seasick or something. What is uh, number, just real quickly, what's number two through 15 of your favorite chickens? <laughs> Um, uh, man. Okay. I so, may, I may have, uh, I'll let you, I may have tried to pull the stereotype card n- a little too, I'll, little I'll, too I'll, I'll, I can't answer those. I'll let you, I'll let you think about that. But, uh, so KFC took note of Mike's amazing discovery and instead of just, I mean, a retweet, uh, thanks would have been enough. Uh, they took note of it. It was their creation. Right. But notice that it went viral. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That someone uh, noticed it. Yeah. Right. They sent him a picture, which I will then begin to describe, but they sent a painting that KFC had a painting made of the guy, Mike, riding on the back of the colonel, like pointing towards the sunset Brilliant. with a piece of chicken in his hand. Have you seen the picture? No. It's like a really what? That's unbelievable. It's like this great painting. I'll tweet out. Uh, I'll tweet out the article. This great painting, and they sent him fifty-two five-dollar KFC gift cards. Uh, Mike said he is hanging it, and he hung up the painting in his living room, and he cried tears of joy. Uh, basically, KFC just tears of joy and, and grease. Right, that's right. Yeah, so and KFC chicken slime with yeah. their water chemical chicken just won the day. I'm sorry, I barely heard anything you said. I can't stop thinking about the Nuggets jersey joke. That was so. It's, it's just like it there's was so a, perfect. It was really <laughs> like lovely. Subtle and 82 <laughs> Nuggets jersey. It's really <laughs> funny. You, every every once in a while, somebody says a joke in my presence that I'm like. Why didn't I think of that? All right. Well, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Chad Beach joins us. And, and Chandler, if you were ever going to quit the show, this would be your exact moment. Yeah. yeah not a high <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Just, Leave him wanting more, man. Just walk And out. everybody will be like, oh, remember Chandler? He always would just so bring so the, funny. these home run jokes. He did that one joke about the Nuggets and then... Uh, there was remember like the that laughing. other one? I just remember the nugget one, but that was really <laughs> good. But that nugget one was great. Telling you, man. Yeah, he put all his eggs in that one basket, and boy, did. did it work. Well done, Chanandler. <laughs> I think I
listening to Kid the Band. It's KYD. It's not like uh, School of Rock or something. The song is American Dreamer. This week's feature interview is brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. Creating a site with Squarespace is easy. You can add and arrange your content and features with a click of a mouse. And they even make adding a domain to your site simple. If you sign up for a year, you'll receive a custom domain for free. You can design a best-in-class online store with Squarespace's award-winning templates, customizable settings, and more, all without a single plugin. They even have like invoicing and all the other stuff if you're doing e-commerce. And their customer support is awesome. Every member of the customer care team is an experienced Squarespace user working in a Squarespace office. So no matter how technical your problem or trivial seeming your question, one of their team is always online to assist you. I think you should do it. I use Squarespace. I've been using it for years and it only gets better and better. It's easy and you can also make really powerful websites as well. You can start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter offer code relevant to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace, set your website apart. In his new book, Faith Forward Future, Chad Veach, the pastor of LA's Zoe Church, looks at why despite someone's circumstances in the current social and political climate, we have reason to be hopeful, not cynical. We recently spoke with Chad about the book, the role technology can play in disillusionment and why faith should help us all work toward a better future. Here is Chad Veach. Well, tell me a little bit about, like, it's such a cool concept for a book for people that are just kind of being introduced to it. Tell me about uh, Faith for Future. Like, what? how would you describe it to someone uh, just kind of maybe kind of interested in what it's about? I think the, the easy way to, you know, simplify the book is to go, like, stop holding on to your history at the expense of your destiny. So many people are holding on to their past and they're rehearsing things that I think God forgot about a long time ago. So they're, they're punishing themselves for stuff that God's like, I, I, I don't remember. I, I will remember your sins no more. So I think that what's great about God is like, I don't think God has a plan B for any of our lives. I don't think he's like on the fly going like, well, you messed that, that up, buddy. So now I got to change my plans. I, I just think God has a plan no matter what we do, no matter what our behavior or our sin or failure is. It, it doesn't change God's heart towards our life. It's easy for people to become like cynical, you know, and I feel like that's kind of, you know, part of the message is to not fall into that. But for someone who's like, look, man, I'm really messed up and it's too late. Like my situation is my situation. What would you say to them that they're really battling with cynicism? Yeah, I don't think any of us can go too far out or too far away from God's grace. So I heard someone say this the other day, because, you know, you see more of failure and we're seeing it in culture again. You know, all the stuff today with um, our, our Mr. Moore in, in Alabama. And, you know, it seems like every day there's something right. I heard someone say God's view doesn't change the way he sees your life. But but people's opinion, that's what changes. Yeah. And I think we we hold so much weight on what man sees in their opinion so we think, of course, well, God feels the same, but he doesn't. I don't think God, so it doesn't matter how far you've gone. Like God's like, God's going after Saul when he's like on his way to go to a Baptist church in Texas to take out Christians. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. God stays faithful to Peter when Peter like denies him. So I just think it's hard for us to wrap our mind around the idea that in spite of how bad I am, God still loves me 
and has a plan for my life. It, it, dig into that a little too, because I feel like those two those two examples you are you, you gave are great. Because like let's say let's say it was like Peter wasn't at a low point, or let's say Paul wasn't this like violent dude. It's like sometimes if things are just going okay, it's like why well, I don't need God, you know? Like <laughs> kind of dig into that for someone who's like just just kind of they're floating, you know? Yeah. Like you, you don't want to wait till something bad happens. So how do you get to that place if you're like you know I could take it or leave it? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, and that's that's the majority of people. The majority of people aren't convinced that there's greatness on their life. You know, there's most. I don't think. It, I don't think a lot of people are feeling like, man, I'm just called to do these great things for God. Like that. Yeah. The, no, no one sees themselves that way, and that's why I think you have to go to God. And once, once you kind of have a relationship with God, He starts to open up your eyes. Like, wow, I think I I can actually make a difference in other people's lives. Or God wants to do something in and through me. So I, I think that's where the whole Ephesians 3.20, which is something I talk about a lot, that idea that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly, far above anything we ask, think, or imagine. Yeah. Because most people can imagine or think, well, God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Yeah. So I do think a lot of people are just going through the motions. Yeah. The, the other thing that I feel like kind of holds a lot of people back is just what's happening in the world. Like, you know, we're inundated with these headlines just every day. There's a, there's a tragedy and there's such like vitriol on social media. And it's easy to just kind of get down to be like, man, I don't know. Like, I mean, you're, you're a father too. You know, I, I have kids. It's like, man, sometimes you get nervous about what kind of world they're going to kind of grow up to. How do you overcome that? That, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about the state of things. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I think that, um, I think that's why now more than ever, we, 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 we need God. We got to wake up. We got to kind of go like, man, where's hope? In a yeah. hopeless society, where's hope? In in a society, a society that has so much torment and so much anger, where's peace? And so in a way, I think that's where the message of the gospel resonates so strong right now is because people are looking for answers and they are looking for some hiding place. And I think that's who God is. God is God is rest. He is safety. He is a, a protector. That's his nature. And that's why I think right now more than ever, people are looking it's almost like we're experiencing a 9-11 yeah. all the time yeah when someone gets to that place of like despair because y- you know you read about like let's say one of these like mass shootings and then and then you know you start reading the personal stories and it's like man i because even for me like you're reading the, about some of these stories in texas and you're like I've considered myself a pretty strong Christian, but sometimes you begin to question God a little bit for someone that is like coming up with those questions. Like why would God allow something like this to happen? What would your response be? Because I feel like that too is kind of at the core of being hopeful or falling into cynicism is the nature of God himself. You know, I think the way that the way that I've chosen to look at it is, you know, like even with my daughter, you know, like what what could God, why did, why would God make you go through that? Or why did God do that? God, God, God did not do that. We live in a fallen universe. Yeah, we, li- we live in we live in a society that has a sinful nature and free will. And I think that's why the hope of heaven is such a great idea of going like, there's no more sickness, there's no more sorrow, there's no more suffering. Like that is our greater citizenship. And so I think right now we have an opportunity to get people's hopes up of a greater place. This world is not our home. We're citizens yeah. here. I think the reason like a lot of people have 
trouble with the idea of like God's plan for their life is because they see it as like, it's a very, it's almost like a straight line. And if they see they curve themselves off, they're like, well, maybe the plan is about a destination I'll eventually get to, but I'm out of the plan right now. Can, can you, can, can you ever really be out of his plan? Yeah. Yeah. That's just it. We see plan as, as destination, Mm -hmm. geography, occupation. It's not. Yeah. The only way to discover God's plan is through following his son, Jesus. And as you follow, his plan unfolds. And so it, I, and that was one thing that became very evident. It was like, oh, the ultimate plan is just following his son. Yeah. Like Jesus is the plan. Yeah. We think plan is like, you know, office with a you know corner view or, you know, it's, it's X amount of money. It's X amount of followers. God's plan is his son. Yeah. So that's why faith, faith in Jesus to move forward, Jesus calls me out of my addiction, out of my cynicism, out of my failure, faith forward into my future. What is the future? None of us know. And the future could change. The plan is not doctor, lawyer, teacher, you know, pastor. It's not. That's the the, the plan is his in his son. And the adventure in that is that takes faith, takes risk. That was Chad Beach, probably one of the happiest people I know. Big smiles. All the Instagram, all the Instagram pics, big smiles. He's like that in real life. <laughs> Always a big old smile. Stay tuned. Up next, Rotten Tomato, Rotten Tomato. Feels Listening to Ryan Playground. The song is Folders. Okay, it is time for our game. I know nothing about this. It is called Rotten Tomato, Rotten Tomato. Take it away, Jesse. Yeah, it's a game where we read one line of a negative movie review and give you multiple choice selections to see if you know which movie it applies to. Oh, interesting. Okay, so we have a listener joining us. Obviously, in the studio, we have Eddie Koffeltz in one corner. Hey, it's nice to... What am I saying? I lost my words. Hello, I am a person. Yeah, (laughs) and joining us uh, on the Skype line, one of our listeners, Jessica Harkins. Hey, how's it going? Jessica, don't we know each other? Yeah, Eddie, I was on your team at IJM as an intern. (laughs) You were an intern at IJM. You were an intern at IJM. I was. I wasn't sure if you were going to remember me. Oh, yeah. I I totally do. One time we all had a team dinner together and we gave her a tater tot and she seemed really appreciative of it. (laughs) Very nice. That was all you gave her for dinner? (laughs) No, no. They were like a A single tater tot. That's all they could afford. That's how they treat the interns. They were like gourmet tater tots. Yeah. I mean, granted, she had to go get the tater tot for us. Uh (laughs) (laughs) So where, where are you now, Jessica? Um, so I'm still in D.C. I'm working at an organization called Community of Hope that assists the homeless with housing and health care. So she's not a very good person. Oh, my goodness. No. <laughs> <laughs> is like pretty amazing. Super smart. Really. She's a good person. What is it like working with Thanks, Eddie? Eddie? Let's just get. Re- let's have some real talk. What's here. your favorite? What's, what's your high and your low? Yeah, what's your yeah. high and your low of working with Eddie? 
Um, so we used Start to have these the like low. long team, boring Skype phone calls. And yeah. Eddie was always like <laughs> the funniest in terms of faces that he would make as other people were talking. Oh yeah. So, just, these things are terrible. Completely disrespectful. Everybody on the team is really nice, but you're like, <laughs> how could we even be in a meeting anymore? It's so, so, boring. so, so he very disrespectful of coworkers. <laughs> Check. What else? What so else was, that, was that the high or the low? <laughs> yeah, uh, that was a high. Oh. I think. I think the uh, low was the berating of her. Just the, the constant yeah, yelling. All the time. And the faces. And the yeah. faces. Her back. And the you get me coffee. Yeah. And you're like, no, it's not hot enough. Yeah. Yeah, it's it was a hard. We didn't we did not end well, but it's nice to have her back well, on the show. Well, she's not on IJM. She's not there anymore. Right. Because of no. probably you. Yeah, her exit interview had a lot to do with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Where'd you go to school? Uh, I'm at Eastern University right now getting my MBA, but I did my undergrad at Gordon College. Wow. You just make us all feel bad about ourselves. Yeah, you're just a very <laughs> smart. Brilliant. All right, uh, Jesse, any specific rules or can we get going? Yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go. So first round, this is Eddie versus Jessica. Uh, Again. What do we... Pl- <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, Jesse, you're going to read the... I will read one line from a from a rotten review right. and then give you a few selections of which movie you think it applies uh, to. Got it. Okay, got it. okay here we go. All right. Uh, visitors can go first. Oh, Jessica's up first. Yeah, absolutely. Je- Jessica, real quick, are you a big movie fan? Do you watch a lot of... You, you go to the movies a lot? Um, I watch a lot of Netflix. I don't go to the movies a lot. My husband does. So if he listens to this, he's going to like be appalled at how awful, but I don't know. Maybe because it's Eddie, I'll do well. I don't know. That we'll see. That was hurtful. Yeah. yeah, that's probably true though. That's <laughs> a good one. You had uh, pink hair when we knew each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I Jessica, so what you're ba- basically, I'm going to translate that is, is Eddie has a terrible taste in <laughs> no, movies. No, no, What she's saying is, I don't know anything about movies. I don't ever go, but I le- I'm probably better than Eddie. I probably no, I'm know saying more than the terrible taste thing because he said Footloose is better than Dirty Dancing, yeah, which true. is just she a, it's call. appalling. She I mean, we don't have to like about that. we don't have to get into this, but it's objectively good, wrong. Good, we won't. Jessica, your turn, Eddie. <laughs> but isn't Footloose clean and Dirty Dancing's dirty? Oh, As a, I mean, Christian. so maybe it's more hey guys, of like, I mean, Footloose and Dirty Dancing. I wanted to call in and solve this for you guys. That's like comparing spaghetti and sushi. Like these are two different things here. Okay. Mm. Well, I want to get into this, but I feel like we've got a game to <laughs> yeah. play. Hey, hey, Eddie, I, I will say, I will speak for listeners when uh, when you say, I want to get into this. I don't. So, <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> Jessica, I'm so sorry. I know that Jesse's probably not your favorite on the show, but unfortunately, he'll be leading this game, so we will acquiesce. Jessica, okay. a, bra- a brazenly lazy sequel that dives headfirst to even more depressing depths than its predecessor. Is that a review for the recent release Daddy's Home 2, Grown Ups 2, Zoolander 2, or Paul Blart Mall Cop, which is not even a sequel, but it deserves to be on that list? I believe it's Daddy's Home 2 because that just came out, I think. Eddie, Jessica is up one to zero, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really good casting in that movie. Some interesting yeah. choices. By the way, Jesse, you could have included Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Which is an actual movie that came out in 2014. Just a a sequel. uh, Real quick, as a reminder to everyone, uh, (laughs) Tyler Huckabee wrote this game. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Mm. Jesse would have included it. Tyler is, uh, you know. And I'm going to go ahead and reveal my joke. Paul Blart Malkoff is an option for every single question. I I understand. Yes, I get jokes. Okay, Eddie, I am now relatively certain there is a hell and it is a darkened theater with no doors showing this movie (laughs) on a loop for eternity. Wow. Wow. Is this 
Is this left behind? Sorry, Kirk Cameron. Has to be. Is yeah. it left behind two tribulation versus oh. four starring Kurt Cameron? Is it left behind starring Nicolas Cage? Or is it Paul Blart Mall Cop? I, it's gotta be left behind with Nick Cage. It has to they be. wouldn't have I don't even think they reviewed they, they would have reviewed to VHS. That's right. You are correct. Wow, one to one. While Jessica and I are not equal, she is a better person. We are now tied. But you use the word acquiesce. That was impressive. I don't even know what it meant. I know Chandler. You Chandler, blacked out for a second. I could Chandler see you got sweaty. He said, say this word. And <laughs> got, I just said it. You got sweaty and blacked out. I yeah. saw it. All right, Jessica. Uh, this movie is actively making the world a worse place to live. I am certain Michael Bay considers it his masterwork. He is right. God help us all. <laughs> is this a review for Transformers? Transformers Age of Extinction? Transformers Revenge of the Fallen? Or Paul Blart Mall Cop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last one, Revenge of the Fallen? Uh, well, the last one was actually Dark of the Moon. Oh, that one. <laughs> I mean, really, I your guess is as good as anyone's. Jessica, you are unstoppable. You are correct. Wow. wow. Hey, wow. Jessica, for the purposes of this show, would it be possible to call you by one of your other well-known nicknames, which is just Jesse? Yeah, you can call me that, but Seriously? that would be confusing. Yeah, yeah I <laughs> think it's sure. funny that yeah. Jesse has a girl's name, so I'm gonna I'll call her Jesse. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Eddie, another zinger here on fire today. <laughs> Eddie, what was M Night Shyamalan thinking? This isn't just bad. <laughs> this is career threateningly catastrophic. Wow. Yeah. Is that a review for The Happening, Lady in the Water, The Village, or Paul Blart Malkoff? <laughs> I mean career ending which probably means it was like right after a good one could it be i'll go lady in the water i'm sorry that's the happening yeah, oh, that's the good happening. yeah yeah it's really sad all right, it's two to one jet two to one all right girl jesse uh, is up all right all right burn <laughs> all right jessica burn, cameron well-crafted burn <laughs> the kind of entrancing train wreck that makes you a long for behind the scenes tell it all to explain what exactly went so so wrong is it Star Wars The Phantom Menace, The Emoji Movie, The Snowman, or you guessed it, Paul Blart Malkoff? He's so tickled by this joke. I'm going to go The Emoji Movie. Ooh, I'm sorry. That did get terrible reviews, but that was actually a review for The Snowman. The Snowman. Oh. I never even heard of it. Was that yeah. the horror movie? Yeah, it was the one with Michael Fassbender and Val Kilmer. Uh, oh. But recently, recent Val Kilmer, not like yeah, exactly, not like '90s quite. Not a like get. cool Iceman yeah. Val Kilmer. <laughs> yeah, no, mm. no, no. well past his prime. Okay, all right, Eddie. Uh, though Kirsten Dunst is a saving grace, it's awfully clunky, self-indulgent little heap of garbage. <laughs> what a subtle dig at a movie. A self-indulgent little heap of garbage. Yeah. What a weird thing to say at a movie. Okay, is it Elizabeth Town? Marie Antoinette? Bring it on. <laughs> I'm ready to say it, but is it Paul Blart Mall Cop? <laughs> you know, it's hard because I kind of want to. I think Elizabeth Wait, we, Town was self indulgent, but I think it was fairly well. Hold on, who was the person? That, Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. And that's the other problem. I don't know if she was in all those movies, so I'm at a loss. Well, she, she was, was in everything, but I will say she was not in Paul Blart Mall Cop. Okay, so she was in Bring It On, Marie Antoinette, and Elizabeth Town. Let's go. But, but the whole self indulgent thing, so, I think, leans Elizabeth, a certain way. I, towards Marie Antoinette, I believe. Jesse, Marie Antoinette, final answer. The uh, correct answer is Elizabeth. Oh, oh, I should have gone with it. I never saw yeah, it. Should've. 
Yeah, it, I, is, it was. It was not good. It was a very Cameron Crowe <laughs> movie. <Yeah>. Okay, <laughs> a picture in which honestly, this doesn't sound like a terrible review. This sounds like a movie I'd be interested in. A picture in which every single element conspires to make it feel like a movie you rented one lonely Saturday night back in 1987 and immediately regretted. Why are that? That like that has nothing to do with the plot of a movie of like objectively reviewing it. It's just a mean dig, and I love it. Okay, is it Serendipity <laughs> starring John Cusack? Is it Hot Pursuit, the one with uh, Reese Witherspoon and Sofia Bulgara? Is it Crossroads, the Britney Spears film, or is it Paul Blart Volkoff starring Kevin James? Serendipity oh, wow. is my favorite movie. So hey, hey, I'm, I'm a fan go, too. I'm a sucker for that movie. Love that movie. I'm going to go um, Britney Spears. That the Crossroads. Is, is Serendipity is your favorite movie? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> it's good. It holds up. I watch it every year. I'm sure. No, I'm fine with it being a good movie, but for a favorite movie. Yeah. No, it's one of those John, like John Cusack. He's looking for the book all through New York City. It's one of those two a.m. TBS is playing it on a Friday night sort of movies, yeah. and then it sucks you in, and then you're like, "Wow, I really enjoyed that." Well, I, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, neither of those is is the right answer. But the answer is Hot Pursuit, starring Reese Witherspoon and Sophia Bullock. Uh-huh. Uh, that's terrible. All right, all right. This is the last one. She's up two to one. You could tie it, and then we'll have a tiebreaker. But all right, uh, ready, Eddie? Uh, boy, Eddie is up. I've, Eddie, uh, is it? Hold on. The, the, here's the review. A, hold on. I just had a. Um, yeah, I just finished a quiet time and I'm ready. Okay. Let's go. Okay. Here's the review. Neither good enough to really cheer for or bad enough to really care about trashing it. It exists in that room temperature middle where nothing feels like it even matters. Another weirdly existential dig. It's the lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth thing. Wow. Uh, is this film Eat, Pray, Love, starring Julia Roberts, Man of Steel? Pearl Harbor, the Ben Affleck one, Jeez. or Paul Blart, Mall Cop. So it's hard. This is the last one, right? Yeah. Because I mm-hmm. feel like hey, if you sm- get it right, there'll be tiebreaker. But the but. smart money is to say Paul Blart, Mall Cop. Yeah, right. I was going like, say one of them's got to be the answer. But then uh, spit it out or whatever seems like an eat, pray, love kind of like little clever nod. What is the spirit telling me? I'm going to go eat, pray, love. The correct answer is Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I am not in tune. Jessica, congratulations. How does it feel to take down Eddie? A man you had to watch on annoying Skype calls for hours on end. It feels pretty good. It feels like the money I didn't make interning with IJM all paid off. Jessica, do you write movie reviews? Because with digs like that, you definitely should. Yeah. Like, that, was, that, was, <laughs> that was good. Hey, she basically stole a tater tot, and I, yeah. I'm sorry, but the truth is, if the truth's going to come out, yeah. I don't think we gave it to her. I think she took it. And, and it's hard. It was she, hard. Y'all didn't pay her. She couldn't eat. She right. was like, please, may I have just right. one tater tot? And y'all <laughs> said no. Yeah. She took it anyway. If we're having an airing of grievances, madam, <laughs> you, you owe me one tater tot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for uh, playing uh, Girl Jesse. It, it was, uh, you did a great job. Good luck uh, changing the world. Eddie. Good luck changing the world and being better, a, be, a better person than the rest of us. And knowing more thanks. about movies than Eddie. Yeah. Love your show. Really? Oh. Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks, Jessica. <laughs> thanks. Thank you. All right. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for Rotten Tomato, Rotten Tomato. Stay tuned. Up next, your feedback.
listening to Mothers. The song is It Hurts Until It Doesn't, which is what my mother said when she spanked me. All right, it's time for your feedback. Uh, last week, I don't know why we did this. If you remember, Jesse got out like the rando app for weird questions to ask very <laughs> yeah. important oh, thoughtful that's people. Right. That's right. right. And uh, instead of asking you for maybe question suggestions or something, which could have been clever and nice, what we actually literally asked you was two of the questions that Jesse found on the app. <laughs> so last week's question of the week was, what would it be like to have magnetic fingers and would you like to have a tail? I, I wouldn't say that we fully jumped the shark, yeah. but using a rando app that we made fun of the whole time to yeah. then be the question of the week yeah. was very it was either subtle. genius very or very... It was the snake. So, so Eddie, what well, you're saying the snake is eating his tail at this point. When you're really <laughs> right. right. Uh, you guys hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. You also posted your replies at the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You actually, somebody else, somebody actually emailed me a reply that I then forwarded on because I forgot wow. what the question was. All right, here's a few of our favorites. Um, Drew Drew Krausen wrote, in the documentary film series X-Men, I can't read the whole thing. It was just like a lot of X-Men stuff, but good feedback. Oh. <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't get through it all. I mean, was it about magnetic fingers? You're just going to leave yeah. us hanging? Magneto is the tragic figure to me because I think that he has to wear an ugly hat to make his magnet work, and I think it would ruin a computer if you wanted to po- post cool puppy video to Twitter.com. I'll be honest, I haven't exactly seen all the X-Men movies. I mean, really, it was an amazing amount of time to give feedback about magnetic fingers. Thank you, Drew. So his issue was that X-Men do it well, but it would make buying stuff on Amazon difficult. Yes. My issue also is I haven't seen X-Men. Yes. So I should have really watched the movie in order to read that feedback. Magneto, yeah. Mm -hmm. How many X-Men movies are there? Many, many. Oh, who has time for that? Hey, you know, interesting fact about uh, Professor X and Magneto is they're based on Martin and Malcolm X. No way. Really? Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. No way. Like like sort of... Sit there and think uh, about it. like, Like frenemies sort of type of deal? Yeah, where they have... They're both like attempting to correct a wrong in the world. They see a prejudice based on who they are as people and they have different solutions for it. Magneto's like... Forget it. They'll never accept us. We need to just take over. And then Martin is like, no, there's a way we can work in harmony with each other. But they're actually friends. Wow. You know, those first... Not to not to uh, get off topic, but those first uh, X Men movies, the the before they kind of were just doing like the random characters, the Ralph ones. Yeah, those yeah, yeah, yeah. deal those deal a lot with racial allegory. I mean, yeah. that's basically you know, I mean, Magneto's in the character, the villain Magneto's his whole motivating factor. You know, he keeps looking back on the number tattooed on his arm when he was in a concentration camp and the dangers of separating people because of how they were born. Yeah. Uh, like that, it's those movies. Um, even if you're not a comic book fan, they do have some really interesting and powerful yeah. allegories in them. Yeah, if you dig more into Magneto, you're like he's really not that, like he has. He's not just like this like textbook supervillain that's just evil to his core. He's like no, yeah. like I'm a broken man looking to fix the world. Yeah, but like a lot of those X Men movies that you're talking about and those like deeper meanings. Uh, so like X Men, X Men Two, X Men Origins, Wolverine, X Men: The Last Stand. Those are all produced by Ralph Winner. Ralph Winner is a strong Christian. And so, like those things are just dripping with allegory intentionally. Mm. I mean, it's not it's not 
coincidental. He also uh, yeah. produced uh, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, and some others. I take umbrage with a piece of feedback, and not with the person, but I just I really need to correct this person's thinking. Um, Gregory, no, Gregor. I'm sorry, Gregor. It's my fault. Gregor from Indiana University said, I think it'd be pretty cool to have magnetic fingers. Think. Climb the Statue of Liberty on the outside. Problem with that, made of copper. And even if it was made of steel or something. Well, okay, there's okay. an iron frame that yeah. maybe you would be able but, but think to. About it. That's like assuming that you could climb something because your fingers could stick to it. They have you no still s- have your entire body weight that you have to move up the thing with your fingers. You know what? I did not take that into account because even if I could hold myself, I mean, yeah, I, I, if I hang on a bar to try to do a pull up, right. my hands just crumble. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it has nothing to do with climbing the Statue of Liberty because you have magnetic fingers. But I think the assumption yeah, is, is you had, but he's saying maybe this, maybe what, what's the, who wrote that in? What was his name? Gregor. Maybe Gregor. they're like a CrossFitter that is like has like a tremendous amount of upper body strength, and that would be no big deal. <laughs> he could, could probably just find the seams in the metal anyway, and just kind of True. shimmy his way up like a rock climber. I gotta or tell you, use those suction cup things. Those looking are pretty at, cool. I'm looking at a picture of Gregor right now. He's got a Superman shirt on. Nice upper body strength. Okay, I think okay. that Gregor, Gregor maybe can, if he had magnetic fingers, could climb a metal structure. It would not be the Statue of Liberty, right? Because of its you know metal makeup. But right, Gregor's a strong guy. Yeah, and the Statue of Liberty is shockingly smaller in person than you'd think. Yeah, yeah. four and a half feet tall. <laughs> Nobody even knows. It. <laughs> Nobody even knows. It. It's, it's really, really strange. It's like Spinal Tap with Stonehenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's that, that uh, Freedom Island or what is, as a, uh, that island is, is yeah, island. whatever that yeah. island is. Yeah, island. Freedom Island. Yeah, huh? yeah exactly. That, that's that's yeah. like two feet Godfather, in diameter. Godfather it's very small. Island. It just yeah. looks, you know, your depth perception's all off in New York City. Yeah. Um, Jason Cole said he put he put this question to the test. He had a community group of college age students and asked them. He opened it <laughs> yes. with, "Would it, it be fun to have a tail? And if so, what kind and why?" Basically, he I don't think he cared about the answers. He just wanted to see what the outcome would be because yeah. we also asked people, "Should we pursue this se- segment? Yeah. Should we have the world's foremost thinkers come on and tell us if they think it'd be cool to have on a tail?" He yeah. says, uh, "You know, he did this as an icebreaker after answers ranging from lion to monkey to platypus to bunny to stingray." The Ooh. ice was successfully broken. A big yes to the segment. See, people think how to, a platypus is interesting. I hadn't even thought about that. You got a little paddle back there. You know, yeah. you can do whatever. It's. I'm glad Jason put it to the test in a real life scenario. I, like, I, I hear a lot from like pastors or stuff like they'll, you know, read something on the site or, you know, they'll, and it'll show up as an illustration in their sermon or something. You know what I mean? I like to think though, that now we are influencing community groups by giving yes. them icebreaker questions. Yeah. I yeah. think, that, I think that we are leading community groups. I think through yeah. just some <laughs> deep, theological, yeah. spiritual discussion. Yeah. It's exciting. Uh, ben he, Brown, it, it, too, gave, gave us a big thumbs up saying, please, please, please ask N.T. Wright if he would want to tell yes to this. <laughs> this is segment. my favorite. <laughs> That's it. All right. Well, the people have spoken, or at least uh, three uh, of them. A few people have spoken. I think a lot of people just stopped listening. Yeah. Like, just like, you know what? <laughs> that, was, that was it. Yeah. The snake's eating his tail. They're, they're, they're not even trying to come up with content. All they, right. That'll do it for last week's <laughs> feedback. There's a lot more if you want to check it out. Here's this week's editorial. Question of the week. Hey. There's a whole range of things that happen here on the show. And last week's question of the week was at one far end of that spectrum. This week's question of the week would be on the other end. 
Yeah, it's and, called a pendulum swing. Yeah, and Jesse did not have anything to do with this. That's right. Question. Eddie, Eddie off mic mm. came up with this question because he's a good person most of the time. Um, yeah, once so, per show. It's Thanksgiving season, and and this has been a hard year for a lot of people. A uh, controversial year, a lot of unrest in our country. Uh, it's just been tough. No matter yep. where you fall on the political spectrum, it's been tough. There's been national tragedies. There's It's been a really hard year. We want to know for this week's question of the week, something you're thankful for. Yes. Um, primarily, primarily, hopefully something that even happened this year and something that you're thankful for. Yeah. Every night when I'm putting my son to bed, I ask him, what's something from today you're thankful for? And it's just an, it's a, important, I think, to have a spirit of gratitude and yeah. be thinking of those things yeah. so as not to get overwhelmed with the negative. So it's perfect time to do that. It's right. Thanksgiving. And so we want to know something from this year that you're thankful for. Yeah, we'll be recording a show next week right before Thanksgiving. We'll just talk about things that people are grateful It'll for. It'll be good. It'll nice be nice to, breath of fresh air. Nice to yeah. hear that. Yeah. I like that. And if you happen to have magnetized fingers and you're thankful for them, let us know. <laughs> like we, if you, have a, if you have some kind of physical anomaly and we're born with a tail or receive one surgically and you're thankful, we want to hear. Really good at small talk, maybe. <laughs> hit us, uh, yeah, if you're really good at small talk, yeah. yeah. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast, or you can post uh, your replies on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Uh, something happened off mic that uh, just kind of blew my mind, uh, and I, I feel like we need to bring it onto the show. I'm ready. Um, I couldn't figure out why. I was thinking about Chandler's nugget, uh, Nuggets jersey joke, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. and I couldn't figure out why this guy who lives in Atlanta was randomly picking on Kobe Bryant's record of 81 mm-hmm. points in a game by eating chicken nuggets. I couldn't connect the dots. Right, right, right. And mm-hmm. then Prop informed us and reminded us that Kobe's game where he scored 81 points was against the Nuggets. Uh, and so this guy's players. eating Nuggets to beat the Nuggets more than Kobe beat the Nuggets. You think uh, he's a later. Nuggets fan or just a pretty funny guy? I think he's deeply funny. If he's still with us, I think he is a very funny guy. <laughs> he, if he he's was, no longer he was with a us, really he funny was guy a funny until guy. he got until he got Nugget poisoned. He Nugget poisoned himself. <laughs> but isn't that funny? Like sticking death. it to the Nuggets more yeah. than Kobe Again. did. That is really funny. That's another yeah. layer. Yeah, I mean that's really funny. And he really, that's really dedicated. funny. We really that's, need to tweet that guy, and it just because he—I don't know if he knows that third layer. Yeah, he's like Chandler funny. He had to—he had to know. Yeah. It's just he didn't communicate it well. <laughs> right. That this yeah. is why he's doing it because it seems so arbitrary to me. Yeah. But no, yeah, this is brilliant. The dedication for one joke. I mean, it's really one joke. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. he's like, no, I know. Joke. They're like, oh, that's funny. You're going to talk about how funny would it be if someone Kobe ate scored eighty-one nuggets. on the Nuggets. I scored eighty-two yeah. on the Nuggets. Yeah, and they're like, oh, so so that's the joke. You're going to talk about how funny. It would be if someone did that. He's like, no, no, I'm going to go eat 82 oh, nuggets and it. almost kill myself. Yeah. That's yeah. how funny. That's how dedicated I am. To that's that. good. Um, that's good. That is pretty clever. In 2006, Bryant scored a career high 81 points against the Toronto Raptors. Oh, never mind. Prop was wrong. So this whole thing of respect for the guy in Atlanta out the window. <laughs> or my Kobe history. <laughs> Maybe those nuggets were made of Raptor meat that yeah, day. Or, you know, or, I don't know. That's the only way that would be impressive. <laughs> All yeah. right. So hit us up with your feedback about something uh, from this year that you're thankful for. That'd be great. Many thanks to the show's uh, sponsors for making the episode possible. Remember, you can visit SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC to find a drop-off location near you for your Operation Christmas Child shoebox. Go do that. Uh, there's like, you got to do it fast though. There's only like another day or two in the uh, drop-off week. Um, also, thanks to Blue Apron. You can check out this week's menu and get $30 off your first order with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash relevant and Squarespace. You can start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter offer code relevant to get 10% off your first purchase. And P.S. Blue Apron, thanks for saving our friend Jesse. 
who knows yes. what would have happened without like Louis he, Brindle. He yeah. has had Brindle a vegetable produce. now. Right. Yeah. He's, he's going to be all right. Yeah. It's not all just Hot Pockets and Chicken Nuggets. The scurvy has abated, <laughs> has, has lessened <laughs> quite now, a bit for, because no. of the no. fresh <laughs> limes and lemons that you've been sending. Yeah. For the first time, he's been downgraded from acute scurvy to yeah. very severe scurvy. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you. Right, actually, his scoliosis straightened up, too. It's really weird. It really sounds. Yeah. I didn't know radishes really, could do I that, mean, but yeah, apparently. I mean, you eat, you eat one piece of uh, like something that was once green and you'd be yeah. shocked at the good it will do for you. Yeah, him. he gained three inches in height because of Blue yeah, Apron. Really something. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Blue Apron. Uh, also, thanks to Chad Veach for joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at Chad C. Veach and his book, Faith Forward Future, is out now. Three Fs. I yep. if you thought Lots of, that. of alliteration. Yep. I, I like people that are just blatant with alliteration. It's not, <laughs> just I'm not blatant alliterators. I'm not, I'm not going to be fear, afraid yeah. of it. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffeltz. Chandler Strain. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Propaganda. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from the Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. And if you happen to have magnetized fingers and you're thankful for them, let us know.